This is the Random Nintendo Podcast, episode 32, for the 2nd of November. I am one of your hosts, Kevin. To my virtual left, the smoking pun himself, Jason. I love that name for myself. Thank you. Also, it's October. Don't get ahead of yourself. I know the year's moving fast. God oh, damn it. I always get something wrong. <laughs> always get something wrong. God They're like, damn. Second of November. There's always Wait. something wrong with this intro. <laughs> but no, besides that, it was beautiful, Kevin. And I love my new name. Yeah, to my virtual right. The one year older than last year, Angel. That is me. Yeah. Uh, crap. When did we? Uh, when did we celebrate your birthday? Two was weeks that ago. La- two weeks ago. Yeah. It was the rated K yeah, episode so, that you guys is that day. Right. I just I just didn't remember how long how long ago it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody from from RN had to represent. You know. So. Yeah. I, yeah. Was, I had to be it there. Couldn't be me. You had to sub yeah. in. First time in over. We, we had a, a great time. Yes, Oof. yes, as as you made clear to me on and off the recordings many a time. Yes, correct. First time in a decade. I, I think apologize. he wanted to, wanted to sink in, you know? Well, I mean, well, you I know, I mean, to, to well, what to, what, to, what, what to me, that's a big deal. I mean, I know it doesn't mean much to you, but I mean. No, know. it means a lot to me. Hey, hey, but to, to, not my credit, but you did get something out of it. I gave you the best gift you can ask for, which was me awkwardly singing karaoke through FaceTime where you guys couldn't hear the music. So you just heard me off key singing Linkin Park's New Divide. Yes, that I mean, was good. And you but, just have it. But, but, but don't but, 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 the music in our head though. But you can't Well that's but, good. But we both know that's not the best thing I can ask for. But no, yeah, that was pretty not. good though. To, I, I do I to, still to clarify I don't just the call best thing people. that Angel could ask for is for us to record at six AM. Yeah, which is uh, never happened. But you know what? If we were Kevin, ever to do it, it should on his birthday, Kevin. No, I was going to say, Kevin actually did give me that option. He was prepared to record at 6 a.m. He was more than happy to do it. I'm just going to insert that in there, whether it's true or not. But he volunteered. He thought, like, he thought like let's go. Let me tell you, listener, it was not true. <laughs> I was, I, I was going to take a, I will take a bullet for this man, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to enjoy it. I but, also but he did offer it, and I was the one that said, like, you know what, like, just the fact you were like ready to do it, like I'm happy with that. So we are recording at ten, I think, or some regular time. I I should also point yeah, out I think just our regular time. In case there's confusion among our wonderful listeners, I don't. If I'm not someone's birthday, I don't just call them an acapella sing Lincoln Park's New Divide. It was a karaoke party that Angel was having where everyone was doing karaoke. So there's a reason I did. It. Like it's not like you know a friend from my childhood. It's like every October 12th, I'm like, oh man, time to sing in Lincoln Park's New Divide. That was a special occasion just for you, Angel, to fit the theme of your day. So, although maybe I should start randomly calling people and singing New Divide. It's actually not a horrible idea. Yeah. Maybe a little bit. You, uh, you needed the lyrics. You just don't know that. that uh, song, I know like, them pretty. So I'm, I'm one of those people that like, wait, what'd you say? The what song ever? What? Did you say greatest song ever? No, like, not no. What? Because I was like, "That's not you. That can't be right." No, I. Uh, yeah, I know. I haven't heard the song. Uh, it is my. It definitely is my my favorite Linkin Park song. But uh, so hearing you butcher it was a different story. But it's definitely not the greatest song ever. No, it's not the greatest ever. But yeah, it's it's a good Linkin Park song. But yeah, it. Uh, I don't know. Like I'm good at singing along to a song if it like is playing, and because I could kind of like see where it's going. But like completely acapella with no lyrics in front of me. Yeah, that's tough. So. I mean, some I can do, like the in the end rap I can do, but 
I can't. That one for some reason just wasn't springing to mind at hey, midnight why don't after you, uh, being at a five-hour concert. Give a little performance for Arnon right now. Just one thing I don't know why it doesn't matter how hard to try to keep that in mind. I designed so to myself how I tried so hard. That's all you get, and it's not in the That's right. That's the rap. Uh, yeah, but sped up significantly without the right flow. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the lyrics. Ran. Yeah, I speed ran it. See, I don't speed run that games. Verse. I speed run songs. Yeah. Well. Well. We've got a, catch, a lot of catching up to do since we didn't have a random Nintendo two weeks ago. Did have a, I did have a wonderful chat with Angel. Go ahead and listen to that if you want to. It's a fun listen. Uh, rated K plus A. Uh, I was expecting for the JK podcast today, I wasn't expecting Angel, so this was a pleasant surprise. Oh, yeah. yeah, Angel texted us last night at like, what, midnight? And he's just like, if I'm not there, just do it without me. And we're like, oh, okay. But then here he is. Yeah, I was never not planning on missing it, but I just felt the need to text that just because. Well, it's important to remind us every so often that, like, we're all capable of or on our own of doing the show with or without the full group. So you will oh, one yeah, day... Podcast without you two. Yeah, would you ever solo man it? I, I feel like Kevin can pull it off. I think I, I think I do solo man it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> there's oh, definitely times yeah, where it's like I'm solo because well, I just rant. Arnin, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. yeah the Arnin, Arnin's definitely, when I put the the tracks together it's just like an entire stream of blue and then every now and then you'll see me and angel like, like popcorn kernels chunks of blue <laughs> yeah yeah it's well it's, it's it's one of those things that like once i get going it's just if i have a thought i keep going you're always welcome to interrupt me it's actually jason's i'm, I'm world. We're just living in it. myself but i wouldn't go that far but you know it's jason's podcast feed for sure i'm 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 at least self-aware that i talk a lot <laughs> you know some people maybe don't realize if they talk that much or at least i'm aware which i don't know if that earned any yeah. credit but or brownie points back but yeah i know i know my flaws <laughs> yeah it's all right don't worry about it uh but like i was saying we got a lot of catching up to do since we didn't have in our non two weeks ago so some of this stuff might be old news it's whatever but i'm assuming that jason's gonna want to start to talk about the Apple event that happened on the 15th? Yeah, I felt like it was ages ago already. We've had all the products come out <laughs> since, since yeah, the event. Yeah, and one of us even owns one of the new products. Yeah, that's what I actually want to talk about is how are you liking... Well, there's two parts, the the product and the software. So how are you liking the Pro? Because I have some nitpicks about the software, but I'm curious what you think of the 13 Pro. Uh, So I got the 13 Pro Max in oh. Sierra Blue. Uh, The base model... Which uh, is 152 gigs? I, I, I don't know the gigage. 128 gigs. Um, yeah, I upgraded from an iPhone 10 that I got four years ago. And, I mean, it was starting to die. And I said, you know what? It's been four years. Let's get this thing. Especially because it has the 120 hertz screen. Uh, and I'm loving this thing. The battery life on this phone is insane. So, at my job, I I guess I would say I'm not a heavy user. I, I like, medium user. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, I would absolutely need to charge my phone probably 75% into my workday. Now, no matter how much I use my phone, I never go below 50%. Wow. Um, which is a huge change from absolutely having to charge it or my phone is just dead for the rest of the day. I have still 50% of the of gas left in the tank to go through the rest of the day. So that's awesome. The screen's amazing. The 
120 hertz uh, refresh rate, you can't really tell it's there unless you actually compare it to like an old phone. Because like 60 hertz is great, and I, I got my iPhone 10 right next to me here, and mm-hmm. I'm scrolling on it, and now this thing seems so so slow. The screen re- refresh rate. So is to, it uh, is it does it just like feel less smooth, or does it feel jitter? Like is it like actually like it feels like you it see feels a little bit of both? Or? Honestly, ah. it looks like I can actually see it skipping frames, almost like a like a obviously not like a uh, like a PowerPoint presentation like sure, a slideshow. Sure. But but it's definitely not as smooth as uh, as before. The animations are so much smoother, which is crazy considering how already smooth yeah. everything can look in sixty hertz. Yeah, it but, it uh, uh, it can get down to PowerPoint level. I think it can go down to ten hertz depending. It's variable to help with that battery life you're talking about. Well, yeah, so exactly. Theoretically, it could be a PowerPoint. Theoretically, <laughs> you know it can. Doing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, like the the minuscule second before I stop scrolling on like a web page that's nothing but text. Yeah, I'm sure it goes at 10, 10 hertz. But aside from that, I'm loading the phone. I I'm still getting a little used to the size of it. Right. Uh, I did have a 6s plus before my 10, and I'm sure that was bigger than this phone. But I, I don't know. It's still still it, taking it, me a little a little time to get used to. But I'm happy with it. How are you liking the cameras? So I'm not a big camera user at all. Mm, like okay. at all. I rarely touch the cameras. I've been messing around with it. The uh, the wide angle lens is insane for sure. The wide angle is uh, so fun. Yeah, it's been one of my favorite things yeah. on the 12. The 13s is way – yeah. 13 and Pro are both way better better in terms of the fisheye effect. But it, uh, yeah, it's been really fun to mess with. Yeah, but uh, like I'm taking a picture every every now and then. I'm definitely going to take pictures today because I've got this event that I, I'm doing after the podcast. Um, yeah, so m- maybe this camera will make me a, a picture taker. I, ju- I don't go out enough the same way that you do so mm. that I could take pictures. Mm-hmm. So that's primarily I mean, why I don't take pictures. Like if I go to a concert, sure, I'll take a picture here and there, but that's about it. Yeah, I uh, to that point, I have – and this is since I started using iPhones. This has accumulated over many, many years, 47,617 photos, <laughs> which is nuts. And to, be yeah. fair, to your point about going out, a good chunk of them are of cats. Once I started living with these cats, I take multiple a day easily of these cats. So – I'd say about ten thousand of those maybe cat photos. I don't know, but um, yeah. I mean, I took a picture of my dog as soon as uh, as soon as I used the as soon as I uh, turned on my phone. So it, my dog definitely looks uh, looks better in the photo than she does in real life, which is crazy. The you know what I find so interesting about these phones is that like when they announced them at the Apple event, they felt the thirteens at least felt like they were literally the twelve S. Like they don't do the S thing anymore. But for those who know their Apple history, there's kind of a TikTok cadence where there's the tick years with the big changes and the talk years with the kind of iterative changes that keep the same design but spruce up the cameras or add a new feature in this case this year it's cinematic mode um which works eh from playing with um my girlfriend's iphone 13 but what did amaze me was in playing with her phone a little this is more like they like i feel like undersold some of the camera stuff from the 12 to the 13 because like the low light even on the regular 13 is really good. And I guess it's because they added optical image stabilization, which last year was only on the 12 Pro Max. They brought that to all the 13s, Pro and not. 
but like the photos are very impressive without even needing night mode on or whatever they call it. It it I was very surprised at how big of a jump that got. Like some of the daytime photos and good lighting and whatnot are pretty indistinguishable, but once you hit low light and things like that, like it's it's very impressive. Um, which again yeah, kind of surprised um, me. And I I suspect the screen's the same thing. Like, oh yeah, okay, it's a little smoother, but then like you're saying once you start using it, you're like, whoa. And you, it's like going from non-retina to retina back in the day. You probably can't go back easily. Like, it just feels so old sure. now, the 60 hertz, I would guess. Yeah. Um, in regards to, like, people saying that this is sort of an S here, it absolutely is. Oh, and, like, the notch is smaller on the uh, Are they on using all the models, right? that added – yeah, on all of them. But are they using that added space yeah. for anything? Because I noticed uh, no. on hers that, like, it's no, just empty. No, not at all. It's annoying. Yeah, like it, put it's, the battery it's percent up definitely there. Definitely annoying. Yeah, yeah, but they absolutely should. Whatever. But um, in regards to people saying that it's an S here, it's like, sure, just just. I saw a lot of comments being angry that, oh, uh, you know, Apple's not innovating. I've bought every single iPhone every year for the last blah blah blah. And this is the first year that I'm skipping it. I just think to my, yeah, you absolutely don't. If you already have a 12, you absolutely do not need this phone. 100%. You know, like, like you said, this absolutely would be the S year. And if you can't see that and you're still angry, like, get some help. Go touch some grass. <laughs> Cause Jesus Christ. First of all, my dude, what are you doing buying every single iPhone? In this, like, in this timeline, just, in, like, Ten years ago, Convector? sure, because they oh. iterated so fast. But like, no, not even that. Like, I'm assuming if he, I'm assuming if that person said, "I've bought every single iPhone," I'm assuming that he's also buying the S year iPhones. Which, yeah, you definitely need some help. Like, <laughs> there are now. It's, in it's the been defense, four years since since I upgraded. I was gonna say, before that, I think it was two years from my success to my ten. But they also buy every phone in the line that comes out that year too. Because, I mean, if you're buying every iPhone, it would feel kind of weird. Well, hold on, hold on. We need to defend these people for a second. I'm not saying it's it's sound logic to buy every phone, but there are a lot of plans. Apple's own trade-in plan. I know T-Mobile and what was Sprint had sure. done every year. Where basically for like $5, you get the new phone. And your plan just, you know, they tack on sure. $5 a month. So, or maybe it's $10, but still. So there are some cases where it's just like the, the yearly upgrade makes sense because it's part of a broader plan where it's just cheap. So if oh, you want I don't, the I don't count those camera, though, because those the are battery boost. I mean, you you don't have to. Yeah, do so anything. you're talking the full. I'm talking about people that are like, yes, actually yes. buying it. Yeah, I don't get that. Buying these a thousand dollar phones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, if you for... have the cash, I, 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 if you have the the cash to you know just casually drop a thousand dollars on a brand new phone, more power to you. But do not get mad that this is not innovative enough. For you, for you specifically, because me going from a 10 to a, a 13 Pro Max is like night and day. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not night and day, but it's a significant jump. You know, this, the 13 Pro Max was made for me. It wasn't made for you. Not everything's going to be made for you, buddy. If you want a big jump, uh, my girlfriend had a 6S Plus and went straight from that to the 13. I don't yeah, know how she was go. still using a 6S Plus. Like that thing, like, I don't know how it was. It's apparently the last year, this year, the last iOS that supports that phone. So she got out while she could. But she was such a fan of Touch ID for so long mm-hmm. that she refused to upgrade and then kind of bit the bullet when her phone basically was like falling apart at the seams. And now she's out Apple nerded me with everything because she has a better Apple Watch, a better iPhone. And two days after getting the iPhone, she went and bought one of the M1 MacBook Airs. So 
I'm now. Oh, if only you could do the same. I know. I'm so jealous. But but when we were at Apple talking about the MacBook Air, I did ask, you know, we were chatting with the rep. I asked, how's the launch going? You know, how's it been here? And he was saying it's actually been one of the crazier, more crowded, busier um, iPhone launch years because there's so many people that have been waiting. Oh, wait, about three, that, though. Like, so. someone, I, um, someone was pointing out on Reddit that, like, Whenever you ask one of those people, um, they quickly glance at their phone because they're literally reading a script because they say that for every single launch of every Apple. <laughs> no, 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 no. He was no, he was being weirdly candid about like some other stuff. So that's I'm pretty confident he was not reading a script off his phone. Well, next time you like, go, was, ask them, and then there's gonna be an asterisk that says, "Be sure to be extra candid." They love. That. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, the reason I say it's being candid is because we were talking about the phone because he was asking her how she liked her 13, and it kind of spun into a conversation about how the phone itself isn't that big of an upgrade, and how it's actually, like, even when it was announced, they're kind of like, oh, okay, so it'll be a kind of okay year in terms of foot traffic, and then they were caught off guard by just how many people that have three-year-old, four-year-old phones actually showed up. So that was kind of the context he gave. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but I don't know why Mr. Appleman would lie to me after sort of not dissing their product, but not, you know, being like, oh, this is the most amazing thing you'll ever use and admitting it wasn't that big of a change. So who knows? But, gotcha. but then there's also the software side of it, which I think all of us probably have. Yes, right? iOS 5, 15. Yes. Um, I'm on you, public how, beta 2. Oh, interesting. You're doing the beta. Okay. Um, how do you feel I about it? I always do the betas. Right. That's true. How, how are you feeling about it? Because there, there's some weird little things they did that I'm not necessarily – a fan of but there's some stuff i do like where, where are you at and angel have you upgraded no okay so cool. so you're not Kevin. on 15 you're, <laughs> you're not, not on 15? 15 or you just you just didn't upgrade your phone right because you just got to re we i'm pretty sure we talked about it on the podcast um, no his phone's like three years no old. i'm pretty sure old. i'm not on 15 but my phone is from 2018 or 2019 probably 2018 you can sub- it runs 15 if you want it Mm, I mean, until it pushes me to do it. I mean, I don't even have the yeah, little red thing. Yeah. It, I mean, uh, I, I, yeah. I mean, I honestly, until you brought it up, I I didn't watch the Apple event. I only saw headlines for minor things that were kind of sort of relevant to me, but not really. So I didn't even know there was a 15 or what it does, if anything. But yeah. So in a nutshell, it too is kind of a small update. Um, in a way, they the big focus is on something called focus, which is instead of having one do not disturb mode, it has like infinite do not disturb mode. You can create your own. You can say which apps you can allow through, which apps don't come through, which emergency contacts come through, which texts can come through, all that. It's very granular. Um, it kind of is cool in that like if you turn on like a the driver the driver folk the driving focus, it will know to automatically turn on with your Bluetooth. But then they don't let you set any other focus to have that sort of automation in quite the same way. You can jerry-rig it with shortcuts, but it's not the same. Um, but it's – yeah, I mean, Kevin, how do you feel about it? Because I, I have some qualms. Uh, I mean, I the only the only issue that I have with it is um, Safari, not the bottom bar, the bottom bar stuff, which you can just replace. You, you can just have it to the top. I love it um, on the bottom, to be honest. It's all in thumb's reach. Even the bookmark still, bar like stays down by your thumb now, which is great. I'm still trying to get used to it. Every now and then, I will reach the top, but sometimes I actually have to actively think about it. Like it's at the bottom. Yeah, I, I have that muscle memory the bottom. for sure. But I appreciate once I realize, oh right, it's down there. Like I appreciate the ease of access to everything because the phones are big now. But the issue that I have is the add a new tab button the plus is now on the left-hand side and not in the middle. 
it throws me off so much. That's the part that I hate, and that you cannot change. Do you know the secret that you can swipe left on the address bar and it'll open a new tab if you're on your most recent tab? Let me see. Well, usually whenever I close Safari, I close all the tabs. So when I open it, I specifically have to hit that left that left hand tab. Do you? It doesn't and, take you to yep. your like favorites like start page thing. Uh, no. Oh, weird. Yeah, because I have a bunch of tabs open, so I've never really run into that. But um, yeah, no. The they basically did like a secondary nav bar, like the the bottom swipe gesture bar that they have on iPhone 10s. Like, there's kind of an equivalent on tabs. So if you swipe left, you go to your older tabs. If you swipe right, you can I think left and right. You can um, I got back. They got backwards. Anyway, if you swipe one way, you go to your older tabs. If you swipe the other way, you can open a new tab and keep going, which is kind of cool. Uh, oh, another issue that I just have that that messing around with it. Whenever you have multiple tabs, the way that you get rid of those tabs is different. Now yeah. they are windows instead of being stacked on top of each other. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. Please give me the option to switch it back. So the windows I appreciate because you can actually see more per on your screen at once. You can see four tabs worth of web pages instead of just like one headline and like one tab and then like a hint of another headline or two or title but to your point it's a lot harder to close because now there's just little x's on each window instead of being able to swipe them away and that's annoying you can't swipe them away you 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 can't swipe them away but it's so finicky it has to be like a perfect a perfect line you can't just go from like the middle of the tab to like the bottom left corner, it has to be a straight line all the way to the left. Which is true with a lot of the, uh, like, so iOS 15 like doubles down on those contextual menus. Like if you click something like a little pop-up appears near your thumb, kind of like what was the 3D touch, but without 3D. Um, I lost more... 3D touch. This is the biggest, this yeah, is the biggest I know you heartbreak. Love 3D touch. I do not know. I do not know how to um, select text anymore. It's so impossible. Is there a way? I think Without having just, to hold down on a word? That's it. You just hold down on the word and then move around your finger. Oh, like, that's disgusting. I think. Oh. But the one I missed, although it still works if you kind of hold down for a second, is you could use like the, the search bar as like a little cursor navigator. Or not the search bar, the, the um, space bar, sorry. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you had three touch, you could yeah, press so I, Yeah, so, that's yeah, so I, know, I know that, but I – no, dude. I Yeah. I want my 3D touch. I want – to well, I was gonna say is even those three uh, edit, editing not, editing text on on the phone just became a whole lot harder for me. Three D touch or not, though, like both of them, you know, hap- the the long press or three touch both open those context menus kind of under your thumb. Like if you want, you know, if you press in on a on a email, you can get a little pop up menu of like, oh, do you want to move it, delete it, whatever. To your point about finicky um, gestures need to be precise. Yeah, that too now. Like I used to be able to just kind of swipe and it would go. And now I have to like be very precise about, oh, I need exactly move my thumb right here because they added um, the ability to drag and drop between apps, which is kind of cool. But like now if you swipe slightly different and you're doing like one of those context menus, it just takes the object, the email, the tweet, whatever, and tries to let you move it somewhere, which that gets a little gang used to. But my big complaint and to be clear, I do really like iOS 15. Um, I think focuses are kind of interesting if you want to spend the time doing it. I kind of wish they flipped it. Right now you have to whitelist apps you want to allow, but if you have a lot of apps, it make a lot more sense to just blacklist the ones you don't want to come through in whatever focus you're doing. Um, or at least give you the option to do either or because obviously some focuses like do not disturb. Maybe you want everything. Others maybe you want just only one or two things blocked. Like if you do like a off work hour one, you just don't need your chat app for work, 
or your emails, but you probably want all your other stuff. But if you, you know, you have to manually add them. But the biggest complaint is actually twofold, but it all boils down to notifications. They changed notifications. And in some ways, they changed the actual notifications. In other ways, they changed how they behave due to the new focus mode. And it just all is for the worse, I'd say. So um, the biggie is because focus is so granular and everything is really focused on focusing you on things, what Do Not Disturb used to do that was really nice is if you put the phone in Do Not Disturb in iOS 14, 13, 12, etc., you can be using your phone and it will show you notifications, but they'd be silent. They won't vibrate. They won't ring. They just kind of slide down while you're doing something. Now, Do Not Disturb does not do that. And the idea is because it's part of focus, meaning, you know, you're supposed to not see them. You're supposed to focus on what you're doing. But if you just want your phone on totally silent and not having to go into settings and actually turn on silent every time, you know, like if you have it on vibrate normally, um, you can't see notifications. So if I'm like checking my phone before I go to sleep or when I wake up and I haven't turned off Do Not Disturb, I don't know things are coming in. And by default, they don't even show them on your lock screen. You have to re-enable show the notifications you missed in Do Not Disturb on your lock screen as a setting. It's not a default, which is even weirder. Uh, so that's thing number one. The bigger one for me, though, is notifications in general have changed. They got rid of easy ways to clear them out, like just completely got rid of them. And I'm curious if they're back in the beta. But basically, you guys, Angel, you know because you have iOS 14. Um you get a notification, it slides down from the top, and there's an X button on it, right? Like, you can close that notification then and there as it slides in. You cannot do can that Can either anymore. confirm or deny? Okay, well, good enough. You didn't deny. Uh, but yeah, you can't do that anymore. If, you, if a notification drops down while you're doing something, you have to either engage with it, like open it, or you swipe it up and deal with it later. There's no way to go, I see you, Mario Kart Tour. I do not care at this moment or at all about, uh, you know the fall tour with Tanuki Mario is back. Like, that's cool, but I don't need to see that again. I'm going to close it. Nope. <laughs> I have to wait till I go to my notification center and close it there. And even there, they got rid of some of the gestures. You can still swipe to close away, to close something, but you used to be able to either, um, I think, I think you used to be able to swipe to the right to open it. And now you just tap it and it opens. Which, Sure, I guess, but like that's just a weird muscle memory reprogramming. But the biggie for me is you can't close notifications as they come down from the top. And there's no, there's basically no um, X button on them at all. There's also no tally. So if you have multiple, if you open your phone and you have like six new emails, they will stack the six notifications for emails on one little block. But it doesn't tell you there are five more under it. You have no idea how many you have. You have to expand it and then just look, go through them all. So you kind of lose at a glance senses of like how much you missed. It's true for text messages too. Like if you get 14 in the group chat, it'll just show you a stack of them. It won't be like here, there's 13 more under this like it used to do. And all of this is because they tried to slim down notifications to fit more of them um, while simultaneously making the icons bigger and doing something really cool, which is adding people's uh, profile pictures, their contact info picture to a text message alert, which is actually really nice. Um, but... This weird, like, sort of tip for tap moving around, like, okay, we'll add a bigger icon, but we'll take away this button, but we'll add this time-sensitive thing to let you know why this notification's overriding, whatever your sayings may be, you know, if you get, like, a reminder or a calendar invite. Um, all that kind of rearranging they did has taken away some functionality that seemed very simple yet critical. I don't know, like, not being able to clear a notification when it comes down is weird. Like, if I get a text and I swipe down on it, 
I go into the little pop-up of the text. And the only way to get rid of it is to swipe up through the pop-up, like scroll back up until I hit wherever the threshold is where it's like, okay, you've seen enough. And then it can go back up and go away. But only text messages do that. Then other ones don't do that. And they're just forever there until you manually close them in the notification center. So that's the biggest thing. I'm hoping they fix it in a future beta. I don't know if this problem exists for you, Kevin, on beta 2. But I mean, it didn't exist. This issue didn't exist for me in regular iOS 15. So. Ow. I mean, I mean, this whole notification debacle for yourself, uh, it just doesn't exist for me. I don't really, like I said, I'm not, I'm not a power user. I, the same way that you might be. I'm not even that much of a power user. I'm just thinking like, you know, a random thing comes in and I can't just get rid of it when I want to. I have to like do it sure. when Apple decides this is the time you now choose to get rid of it. Unlike before where it was wherever they want. But I get your point. Yes, it won't affect everyone. But me and a few coworkers all had the exact same thought when we upgraded so i know i'm not alone yeah. united there's dozens of us so but yeah besides that though, dozens nice of us dozens of us man that that joke will never get old nope <laughs> the never nudes yep uh, the rest of, of which there are literally dozens of them <laughs> literally dozens of us uh they finally fixed the uh the bug where your iphone wouldn't pair or not wouldn't pair but you wouldn't be able to use your apple watch to uh unlock your phone yes they finally fixed that bug thank god that was only on the newer iphone 13s and pros for anyone who hasn't experienced it but the good news is if you do have those newer phones like you kevin not only is it fixed i think in your beta they rolled out a proper fix on friday for all the iphones yeah okay so cool yeah yeah that was uh bothering me i am really teed off at the fact that you have to basically wipe your apple watch to pair it to a new phone that's insane to me it it's crazy to me that it's gone six going on seven years with them not figuring out a way to circumvent that they can do crazy things where you can transfer your entire phone basically on the spot by like scanning a dot matrix and then you just set it down and you walk away for an hour but they can't figure out how to not just move the apple watch (laughs) It's so, yeah, it's so bizarre to me. Like, they do all this wild stuff with, like, setting up new phones, but they can't get the watch. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was the Apple event. Yeah. And, um, the and, J- that we're, and JK yeah, as well. And JK? Oh, well, I don't know. You, you, you might have to wait a little bit. Uh, I'm sure Jason wants to talk about Shang-Chi. We could get, let's get Angel on this. Let's do something that he, let's get Angel. Doing. All right. Yeah. Uh, we can come Angel, back to Shang-Chi. Take your pick. What do you want to do? Wow. Oh. Guess, uh, oh. he's like, oh man, I have to talk now. Either no. one's fine. I mean, they're they're both gonna kind of go together. Uh, I guess I might as well get rid of um, as the gods will first, just because. I mean, it's a movie, so it's not gonna take the long to talk about it. And I'll, and in the off chance you actually want to watch it, I don't want to spoil too much either. But in a nutshell, the premise may sound familiar if you've watched Squid Games, but essentially. Uh, very overview premise version of it. Uh, high school students are trapped and the only way to survive is by playing various kids games where the losing, where losing results in death. Um, the first one in particular, I believe, well, it's not a believe, I know. The first one in particular is Red Line Green Light, which if you watch Squid Games, I mean, literally the first yeah. game in Squid Games. <laughs> yeah, the only difference is that um, in Red Line Green Light, you get shot down. And as the gods will, your head explodes into a bloody mess of marbles. 
due to the, I guess, the magical powers of a Daruma doll, which if you're not sure what that is, it's like a a traditional Japanese toy figure kind of thing. It's small, round, it looks like it has like a big mustache, really big eyes. The idea behind those is that when you buy them, the eyes are blank, and you're supposed to paint in the left eye when you have a goal in mind, and when you complete that goal, you paint in the right eye. So until then, it's just kind of like a constant reminder of something you haven't accomplished. And I actually do have one in front of me that's pretty decently sized. That's for my Japanese learning goal. So until then, it's going to remain one-eyed. But yeah, just to give you that idea, the like the movie, like seconds in, already starts with the game already like having taken place. There are students littering the floor in a bloody mess of headless corpses. And there's the Ruma doll. CG animated Daruma doll. Um, not the best, not the worst. Um, visual effects. Um, it's like somewhere in the middle. This movie's from 2014. Um, and the Daruma doll is just kind of like talking out loud. Like he'll spin around, look at people, and if he sees anyone moving, um, yeah, he'll just blow their heads up. And then he'll like slowly turn around and then he'll start saying Daruma doll, Daruma doll, something at the end. And as soon as he finishes saying that phrase, he turns around quickly. And on the back of him, there's a button that says, you know, press to stop game. And, you know, you're supposed to press the button to end the game. And that's kind of where it goes from there. You have some surviving students that go from challenge to challenge. They have to figure out the puzzle. And, yeah, obviously not everyone makes it out. And it's just a bizarre ride. Um, It's very over the top. As soon as, like, we were, like, maybe a couple, like, maybe 10 minutes into it, we were like, all right, this has to have been adapted from an anime or something because of just the way some of these things are shot. And sure enough, kind of, apparently it's based on a manga and just, like, the first arc of the manga because, yeah, the ending is very much a, we'll want to find out where this goes, got to read the manga. Unless they actually plan to make a sequel, but considering it's for 2014, and I don't think I've heard of a sequel or managed to find anything on a sequel, um, it was either made to promote the manga or it just, just maybe it bombed and it just never got made. Because I mean, it's not a great movie, but it's not bad either. It's it's fun. It's very entertaining for sure. Very entertaining. But um, yeah, and I mean, that's pretty much like all you can really say about it. So some loose ends that never get tied up but like i said that's because it's leading into the manga unlike squid games where you know it's a series and some things are left open intentionally to you know make you go like oh man i can't wait for the second season which i believe it's already confirmed or it's been confirmed it, it's got to be happening it's netflix's almost biggest show ever i think the showrunner said that there's no plans for uh, season two right now which i would love to keep it that way Really, they're not doing season two? This thing's literally the biggest show they've he's, ever he's, wow. He said, no, that's not what I said. I said that there's currently no plans for a season two. Which, true, is not the same as there might not be one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Isn't that like Nintendo's um, favorite catchphrase? <laughs> like, there are currently no plans for XXX. And oh, then you mean like how's later. that, which we'll talk about next week, denied a 4K Switch, but I'm sure in about two years we're going to get a 4K Switch? Yeah. Uh, no, we're not talking about we're not talking about fairy tale stuff that are people are just making up, like the 3ds XL or stuff like that, <laughs> or the the Wii U's not being uh, discontinued until the next week when it was discontinued. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. In the moment, all those statements are true. Keep it with facts. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if the other one ends up being true, so, uh, so be it. But yeah, but then on the other end of that, you have Squid Games, which is definitely a more grounded version of this, for sure. Um, but Sure, well, this one doesn't yeah. include, doesn't, well, up to this point, it hasn't included magic. Just oh, yeah. some very odd timing. Uh, Angel, what did you think? So Squid Games, like, I'm sure everybody and their mother knows what this show's about already. And if you didn't, go back 10 minutes to when Angel explained what the show is, but... Um, what did you think of this show's pacing? Because that's something that I could not get over about this about this show. So about that, um, the way I basically saw Squid Games was kind of an accident because I didn't know it was a new Netflix show. Um, you thought it was Platoon, huh? Am I right? Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought it was like a live action <laughs> adaptation of Platoon, and yep. I just I kept mean, going, like, all right, where are the Inklings? And then, you know, they don't even bring out... <laughs> there are guns in the first episode. They didn't even bring the aforementioned, like, Squid Game until, like, the end. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, well, where are the Inklings now? And like, nope. But Not true. The Squid Game was at the very beginning. And even oh. after that intro, and even... Oh, and yeah. Even I, after... I still don't understand how that game is played. I, mean, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> but it... Yeah. I I think I understood it. But point is, um, yeah, so I've been kind of addicted to a new YouTube channel where someone essentially, like, goes into detail over, like, movies and shows on, like, essentially going over every decision that characters make and things that they could have done different. I don't know how I ran into it. It's just, like, something nice to have in the background and occasionally I'll actually, like, pay attention. And Squid Game popped up and it was, like, Almost like an hour long video. It was like really long. But essentially, they went over beat by beat, like episode by episode, covering every single game. And. Oh, wow. And I ended up pretty much watching the whole thing that way. And by the time I finished, I then started seeing like a bunch of like outlets pop up out like Squid Games, Squid Games. And I'm like, oh, what a coincidence. And then it's like, oh, this is a new show. I thought it was like an old series or not super old, obviously, because it doesn't look super old. Or I just missed the part where they said, like, oh, this is a brand new Netflix series. But I know exactly what happens. Like, they talk about... They pretty much show, like, everything. It was, like, a really nice <laughs> condensed version of it. But, yeah, like, every motive, everything was kind of, like, explained okay, and laid so out. you didn't even watch the show, <laughs> Not really, no. <laughs> I, I didn't watch the Angel. Okay, so... Angel's so trying to consume things. This, like this is, like, continues. the ultimate... Yeah, this was like a more ultimate spoiler compared to like what I, how I normally watch a show. Except yeah. it was unintentional. If I had known it was brand new, I probably wouldn't have done that. But yeah, just kind of worked out right. that way. So, so, so this, uh, this season or the show, we'll just say show. Cause like I said, no second season has been confirmed yet and it's not in the works, but there's nine episodes and each episode varies in length. Some episodes are, I think literally only one episode is like 30 minutes, which is the second to last episode, and the rest of them go for about an hour. Um, the pacing of this show is atrocious. <laughs> it is so annoying how slow this show gets, because on top of being like this sort of drama, this this sort of psychological horror TV show, um, there is it is kind of a character study every now and then, 
But that doesn't change the fact that you come in here for some Deadly Child games, and it takes forever in between uh, each child game. It it just takes forever to get going. So there's nine episodes. They could have easily squeezed this into six. Um, it just moves like molasses. It just it takes forever. <laughs> but but everything surrounding it is is good. Like I'm sure Angel. I'm sure you thought some of the sets that you had seen in that video looked impressive. I would guess. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. The, so, like, the, the, the set design is definitely is is definitely very, very cool. Um it does that thing that I know a lot of people find a little tropey where it's this overtly colorful uh visual style contrasted with people getting shot in the face and uh there being blood everywhere. But I don't know, I I I'm fine with it. The the characters are all very interesting in their own right. The uh the second to last game that they play is absolute bullcrap. Uh but I will let you viewers see that as it uh as it unfolds. But what I do like that this show does is that it does do a good job of creating a sense of dread right before they start playing a game. And I'm not talking about all the in-between stuff, but just literally right before they start playing a game. It's always this question of, alright, they want us to get into teams, they want us to get into pairs. What does that exactly mean for the game? Um, and then all the twists and turns of the actual show are, are really fun, they're really interesting. The, the, the biggest issue that I have with this game is that considering you follow, uh, a few characters, they do have some plot armor. Uh, they don't. They, not that they do. They absolutely have plot armor. <laughs> so you know that at least the, the, the main three characters are probably going to make it all the way towards the end. I'm not going to say they do or not, but just keep that in mind. And I'm sure when you watch it, you will realize, yeah, these guys have plot armor. Uh, there's one episode in particular where it makes it seem like our main cast is going to get wiped out, but I mean, if you're, if this is not a spoiler, they do, they do not get wiped out. Uh, because of course, you have like five episodes left in the show. So, it does create a sense of dread in that sense, but you still don't know. Or, or you do know that these characters are not gonna die. Until the very end, at least. Uh, you're planning on watching this, Jason? I assume? I think so, at some point. It, it's funny, I was telling you guys this before recording, but I, I, uh, Walked into the room the other day, and uh, my girlfriend just started it. She was like, 10 minutes in. I'm like, oh, I was kind of curious about Squid Games. She's like, oh. And then just like hit play again and kept going. I'm like, okay. So, so I don't know. I don't know when I'm going to watch nothing, it. nothing, though, especially but, for that show. No, no, no. But like I, I was working. Oh, I should finish the story. I had to go back to work. It was during the work day. So I like came in to get like a drink oh, or gotcha, something. Like, gotcha. And she's just like, oh, okay. And just like kept watching. I'm like, cool. So, yes, I will watch it. She's like, congrats. She's like, that's nice. Play. So that's, I will watch good it. For you, I just buddy. don't know yeah. when. Um, yeah, she said she rewatch it with me. Which, based on your pacing comment, she's saying this two episodes, three episodes in. So I'm not sure if she'll stay true to that if the pacing's what you're saying. But um, yeah, I do definitely plan to watch it because you know when I heard Squid Games, much like Angel, I immediately was like, oh, Splatoon. No, but seriously, I have heard very good buzz about it. So, um, yeah, it's it's one. Of, it feels like one of those kind of like. Not cultural watershed moments, but like not water core moments, but like uh, one of those things are just like everyone's doing watching it. And there's gotta be a reason, and uh, yeah. So I'm kind of curious. Yeah, um, it it is a good show. 
I, I wish that it was a little more condensed. Um, but at the end of the day, I did enjoy my time with it. Angel probably, I'm assuming enjoyed his hour with it. <laughs> yeah. I right. mean, like the nice thing about watching it the way I did is that I didn't have any of the pacing guides, but because they went in sequential order and they didn't necessarily like spoil it right when the get go, like they kind of let the game play out the way they did and then they kind of go back and, um, you know, show you what like they should have done and I blah blah blah. This video. Um, like, I, w- I was still like, I, w- I was still kind of like, oh, like, I, I was still interested in the story. Like, I-, I got a just enough of a sense of a story to be engaged in it, which is kind of why like I ended up like watching the whole thing. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It was also just interesting because they also talked about like, like, like oh, like they act- that's actually a smart strategy that this character did in this one specific game. Or, you know, and that one aforementioned game that Kevin mentioned that was really infuriating, or the second to last one. Um, yeah, they were just talking about, like, oh, certain things that you could do to essentially guarantee a win, but, you know, it's it, the rules for that one are also kind of nothing is really guaranteed to work, just because of the yeah, nature of it. Yeah, last game is like, oh. It's just kind of, uh, yeah, like, it, it kind of, so you just have to, I mean, especially the way some people get away with it, but... Yeah, it was it was interesting. Definitely, not, I almost feel like I wouldn't mind watching it, but kind of knowing that, not knowing that some parts will drag on, might make it feel even slower. Especially knowing like what every game is and what like the I maybe mean, because like I mean they even went over you know the outside stuff when they're not going in game, so it's not like I don't know what the main character's dilemma is and you know the aftermath of it and a sudden haircut but yeah we'll see oh it's, yeah that's certainly haircut jesus <laughs> it's interesting how you watched it angel because basically you're doing kind of what sounds like the squid games version of like those podcast notes <laughs> no well it's like it's like those podcast it's almost like those podcasts where like the rewatch podcast like you know like scrubs has fake doctors real friends and um office has the ladies what? of the office and now uh Parks and Rec has Parks and Recollection, which Rob Lowe and Alan Yang host, Alan Yang being one of the co-writers. Uh, but it's just kind of interesting that you're basically watching the, like, companion series for it without watching the series itself. But because the companion series has to give the context for what they're talking about, you're indirectly watching the series itself through the companion series. But yeah. But yeah, all those companion shows are really a thing right now. So it's kind of interesting that, that – I wonder how many people like you are doing that with shows we've all seen. Like, how many people are watching Parks and Rec, like, in tandem with the Parks and Rec podcast versus just, like, watching Parks and Rec? To be exposed to a bunch of movies and shows that I feel like I otherwise wouldn't watch because you get, you know, you get the context, you get the premise, and then you get, like, kind of the details, and they literally just cut out all the times where nothing's happening. Like, And you get, like, insight into some of the... Yeah, how it get, like you know the games in this case or like with Parks and Rec, like the background stories or whatever. But like, it, yeah, it's you just, get extra side knowledge. You get like, oh, this is how yeah. the actual game works and blah blah blah, or you know, just some other random tidbits about like the production. But um, it's such an interesting trend. This like companion, like you know, we always talk about how time's limited, just too much media. But now there's this whole thing where it's like, don't just watch the media, watch media about the media while you watch the media. <laughs> like it's just an I mean, interesting in a way. It's it such does. a streaming world thing. Yeah, and like, it is yeah. one thing that I guess I do appreciate about this, you know, this day and age. I mean, because, like, it's, it's as one of our models goes, like, we only have so much time in this world, use it wisely. And, yeah. you know, there, to that note, there is nowhere near enough time to consume every bit of media ever. 
So this is kind of a nice way to speed, like I said, speed run some, show that, I mean, unfortunately Squid Game probably would have ended up watching it. Um, may potentially still do, we'll see. Um, but you know, I get to watch a bunch of things that I otherwise would have never even heard of and or watched. And I get, you know, at least some semblance of like, oh, that seemed kind of neat. Maybe it'll go on my radar, but at least now I could, you know, still hone in on the things that really are on my radar naturally. Because, you know, not everything mm-hmm. is going to hit you. Like something you're only going to hear about from a friend or from whatever. I mean, or two or we only follow online, so many yeah. things. Yeah, we only yep. follow so many things on the social media. We almost end up inadvertently blockers we we inadvertently end up blocking ourselves from certain things that we may potentially even really love just because of what we follow i don't know there's probably some foreign film that is could probably not be my favorite thing ever but i'll never know i mean a, a more blunt example of that not that i necessarily want to see it nor do i care about it but i had no idea that there's an adams family 2 that was made and released until like yesterday when someone made reference Wait, to it was it. released already apparently it just came out last Cause, week because i barely i barely found out that it was existing right being made last week yeah so, yeah. so i guess <laughs> I think, at, at, at here's how point, i know i think it's follow animation i knew about the production of that one when it was coming out that it's been out and i only found out because one of my coworkers was talking about t-mobile tuesday and how they can get like a ticket to venom or something for four bucks and then someone's like what you didn't take advantage of that with as family two and i'm like four there's bucks an as family two <laughs> like what are you talking about when did this happen four bucks so. too much for that for Venom. For what I assume is going to be a very bad movie. You know, it's interesting. The reviews for Venom are basically like it embraces what it is and it doesn't try to be anything it's not. And if you want to go along for the ride Damn, of the, the thing that I hated about the first one. I've never – weirdly, it's that. one of the few superhero uh, movies I've never seen or supervillain. You don't case. have to. It's – Yeah. I like Tom Hardy though. That's so I'm kind so of bad. torn. But yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, what were we talking about Squid Game? Oh, the only reason I saw Squid Games was because I saw one of those – uh what are they called? Not, I think they're called fan cams, right? You saw a fan Where it's cam like, for Squid Games. <laughs> I saw a fan cam for the main actress of Squid Games, of like her character in the show. And mm-hmm. I said, all right, I'm in cute Asian girl. Um, I'm, di- I'm diving into this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. It, you know, it is um, funny. That's the other thing about all these shows and how segmented the world is. We talked about, you know, we talk about how there's stuff we don't know is out. We've talked before about how there's no way to consume everything. It's crazy how you can have – and we kind of talk about how like you can have someone who's in a show – at least I think a few Arnons ago. You can have someone that's in a show, but they're not like going to be bombarded on the street because the segmentation of the fan bases and the segmentation of the audiences and nothing's like – it's not like everyone watches a show in the same way – well, maybe Squid Games now, but in the same way that like everyone watched like the MASH finale in the 70s or whatever or 80s or whenever that was. But the thing we never think about, the fan bases are huge for these. Like, the fact that there are fan cams for Squid Games, and, like, there's some people that probably never heard of Squid Games. Well, you know, in the 90s, let's say, everyone knew every big boy band. There's, like, seven different K-pop bands. BTS is the only one that's really known because it's the one that sort of crested. But, like, they have such passionate followings, all of them, and fan cams and campaigns and, you know, know, fan armies and all that. But, like, because of how much there is, like, it's so siloed off. Unlike back in the day when speaking, pop culture was kind of like one bubble. Speaking of fan bases, yeah, I gotta go on a fucking rant, and I may burn some bridges with this rant. I may lose us some listeners, I'm sure, but I have to get this off my chest because I need to talk about the Cowboy Bebop live action series. 
and not even the series itself, but specifically the fan reaction to it, because I cannot believe it's the year 2021, and we still have morons out there that just have the worst rhetorical and even serious questions, the worst takes and jokes when it comes to projects like this. And feel free at any point to interrupt me, gentlemen. I was just going to say, for a bit here. I'm going to preempt it with the views about to be expressed on Random Time Podcast are those of Kevin and Kevin alone and do not rec- uh, represent the, the opinions, views, or takes of the entity that is Random Nintendo. Please continue. <laughs> the legal disclaimer right. there, because I don't know how deep you're going here. <laughs> all right. So the first thing. Okay, first of all, Cowboy Bebop, uh, classic anime. Angel, I assume you've seen Cowboy Bebop twice. But yeah, I like it. Twice. There you go. I, yeah, it's a good show. Ain't, uh, Jason, we already know Jason's opinion on Cowboy Bebop. He loves anime, so of course he's already seen Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> to be fair, well, I actually have seen Cowboy Bebop. Biggest fans. I have seen some of Cowboy Bebop. I don't know if I saw the whole thing, but I've seen some of it. Yeah, back in uh, yeah. middle, high school, somewhere in there. Someone's playing at a house. Jesus, we're ancient. Yeah. Yeah, if I uh, recall, you said, like, me, wow, uh, it's like Cowboys in Space. And you like... Actually, only one episode you know, is I... like that. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I did not yeah. have that thought, but okay. <laughs> but Kevin, uh, please continue. No, yeah, I, I, before I you lose your uh, your fire here, keep going. The steam, yeah, uh, yeah. I love I love Cowboy Bebop. It's not one of my favorites, but I I like it. Um, so the first thing that I that I've seen every step of the way with this show that I'm sure I will still see up until the very release and probably well after the show is released is why is this being made? And to answer that question, why the fuck not? There's literally no argument to be made when it comes to this show. It's already gotten the creator's blessing. And then there's those that won't ask but just dictate Mm, this doesn't need to be made. Newsflash, asshole, no piece of entertainment ever needs to get made. Anybody that makes anything does it out of the possibility that somebody will enjoy that thing. And that's it. How is it that we keep recycling the same old talking points when it comes to projects like this? I've, like, I've absolutely done this before, but I'm, like, myself, I, yeah, sure, when, when I see, whatever, a new season of The Walking Dead... That's going to be released. I think to myself, sure, why is this being made? But, you know, I'm trying to be better at it. But, like, I, I, why, why? You're not going to watch this show. So why even question why it needs to be made or not? Literally, the only argument to TV shows or movies or games or, or whatever not being made is, like, that that money can be spent uh, somewhere else. But, like... The the key word that people always forget is can. It's like, it's not guaranteed that that money will be spent better elsewhere. Like, it, there's a, the possibility that they could have gotten this money to make the show and made a worse product. You know? Like, oh, it's so it's so annoying. The, the other thing is the, wow, I can't believe Netflix is going to ruin it angle. But there's nothing to ruin! If the show is bad, it's not going to it's not going to retroactively ruin the anime. The anime is already its own thing. Why why is it 2021 and people still do not understand this concept? Why did the last Jedi ruin Star Wars for people? I I I don't even like the last Jedi, but that didn't ruin you know the original trilogy. You know, and 
Star Wars fans are a whole different breed of insane <laughs> that I could dedicate an entire episode to, but I'm not. I I think you know what I think it honestly is on some level, Kevin. I think it is a form of gatekeeping. I think there are people, and I'm not defending it. I'm just saying I think there are people that are very passionate about this thing they're into, and when it swerves, they can't roll with the idea that there could be some other inter- interpretation or some other type of fan or some other type of presentation of this thing. And it's theirs and they hold it dearly and the fact that they can't let it go is a them issue, not an issue with the IP, but that I think is kind of the root of it. Like with Star Wars, they redid a lot of the extended canon and deeper lore of the, of the universe when Disney took it over and Last Jedi basically rewrote stuff that people previously – Within the fandom, I guess, liked or enjoyed, and I guess they could not oh, embrace oh, the fact that there are, oh. you know, multiple split paths you can go down. You still have your extended universe. You still have your books if you want to read those. You still have your movies, but they can't embrace the idea that, you know, now there's this other take on Star Wars. And I, I agree that's totally ridiculous, but that's probably where it's coming from is it's they're very protective and they don't want to, like, bring other types of people and other types of ideas into the fold of their little guarded Garden of Star Wars or Bebop or Ghost in a Shell is a good example with that movie doing horribly and everyone freaking out that we're fans of Ghost in a Shell, you know, Ghost in a Shell, I mean. So that's my guess anyway. Mini rant within a larger rant. I <laughs> I do not like the Disney uh, Star Wars trilogy, the sequel trilogy. I do not like those movies. I cannot get over the fact that there are people that actually think that the uh, prequel trilogy is better than the Disney movies. You guys are insane. Absolutely insane. You guys think Disney ruined Star Wars? George Lucas is the one that came up with midichlorians, all right? Jesus Christ. Anyways, back to <laughs> Cowboy Bebop. Yeah. You can argue, you can maybe argue that the IP, that the Cowboy Bebop IP might be tarnished if this show was bad, but it's not like anybody thinks any less of the Death Note manga and anime because of the shitty Netflix movie. It's so frustrating. Right. If when you say they're going to ruin it, you actually mean, hey, I think this looks bad, then just go ahead and say that because everybody's absolutely entitled to their own opinion, right? I, I would hope, and I've said this before, whenever I say, uh, whenever I say that something is bad, right? What I mean is, I think this is bad, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, your take and, on, and I'm sure the same thing the for, thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, you know, the internet is a whole different beast, and I'm sure those people actually think in in absolutes. Oh, and when it's just yeah. your own opinion. The only absolute ever when it comes to saying stuff like this is whenever you talk about Sonic Adventure 1 because that is objectively <laughs> bad. You guys are – all right? I feel like there's someone and on this podcast who isn't me and isn't you who may have a different opinion than that. But... About Sonic Adventure 1? Angel, don't you like Sonic Adventure 1? I like. I, I mean, he I like out. it. <laughs> there we go. I mean, see, I like, see, there's someone. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't love it, but I mean, I like the, the, the game. Cor- the courses are the courses are fine. Everything that surrounds the actual gameplay is absolute garbage. Yeah, because when I think of Sonic Adventure One, like I'm literally just thinking the courses. I never really thought navigating the world was that that was that fun. Um, but you know, like it, I played Sonic Adventure Two first, which didn't really help Sonic Adventure One, but I did like. That on the GameCube one, you have so much to unlock. I think I spent so much time just playing those retro games that you unlock. But, yeah, that's neither here nor there, though. Okay. Well, in terms of Cowboy Bebop, 
there's this whole stigma around, and I can't believe I'm about to defend Netflix, this multi-million, this billion-dollar company that absolutely yeah. does not need my defense. But there's this meme, you know, like those three-panel memes where you'll have a picture of the manga, and then right under that you'll have a picture of the anime adaptation. And then under that you will have a crappy photo of what is supposed to be the Netflix adaptation. That stigma only comes, and I looked, and maybe I didn't lo- look at like well enough, but Death Note is literally the only example of a Netflix-produced live-action anime adaptation, and it was bad, but creating this whole stigma around it is insane to me. I know there there's supposed to be a One Piece show coming out, and... Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, you're going to get the same I, thing. Wasn't there, wasn't there also a Full Metal Alchemist live action yes, Netflix thing? Yes, but but here's the thing: those aren't Netflix produced. Oh. They I I know there's a Bleach they just got one the rights, but the only reason the Attack on yeah, Titan they anyway, put they, yeah. yeah exactly they just put their stamp on it because they acquired the licensing. But as far as Netflix produced right from the right from the jump, it's only been Death Note and this show. That's it. It's yeah, people just coming in with a snark. That I just do not understand. Now, if you say that the project's pointless, then fine. You don't have to watch it. But like I said, I would hope that you just think that it's pointless. Because if you can look at me in the eye and tell me, Hey, Kevin, this project is pointless. I don't think it's pointless. I know it's pointless. Then it becomes subjective, of course. But I will also think that you're objectively a moron. Because when it comes to (laughs) art, it's 99% of the time... Like, the quality is going to be subjective. What set me off the most, though, and it was like, once we were done recording last week's episode of Red Nintendo, was when I saw somebody ask, after the intro was released for the show, somebody asked, is this real or a parody? And I pray to any higher power to please smite this person and never let them try to be funny ever again. Because I, I would hope that they're not stupid enough to actually think that this is a parody, but they are stupid enough to use the same tired, half-assed joke to farm engagements from other massive fucking morons that probably looked at the tweet and thought to themselves, holy fuck it, got him, bam, 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 because it's so easy to hate on this project before it's, like, even released, and they get easily rewarded for making such a easy own it's so frustrating in conclusion to this rant i need i don't want i need people to stop asking such stupid fucking questions and i need people to also stop going for the easy kill on something that hasn't even been released let's talk shang chi jesus christ all i was gonna say is shang chi is a good example of exactly what you're getting at which is not that people shouldn't accept things but you know what happens when you just let pe- the creators do what they want and you just treasure your thing, you could get a lot better things out of it. I'm not saying it's better than comic books. I'm not saying, you know, like the comic book fans of Marvel are like, oh my God, the movies are the greatest thing ever. I'm sure they're, they're nitpicks. But the exposure those universes and characters got, the growth of your thing you're passionate about, comic books and superheroes and stuff, into what it is today and the merch that comes with it and the opportunities that come with it for Marvel to pour more money into more comics, all of that stems out of you being comfortable letting them try other things. So, oh, uh, Shang-Chi quickly, wouldn't quickly exist. Speaking on, on all of that. that oh, happen. hold on. A quick, yeah. quick, quick, quick point yeah, yeah, on, yeah. on all of that. 
the underlying question, the underlying answer to all of it is money. Of course, Netflix is doing this to up their subscriber base. I don't yeah. know by how much that would raise, but at the end of the day, it's all money. So if you're asking why is this being made, it's money. Stop asking such stupid f***ing questions, please. All right, let's go back <laughs> to Shang-Chi. But yeah, it's, uh, I think, I think people, they can stay in their wheelhouse with the things they like, but if you let the owners of the property, including the creators that sign off on these things often, expand their purview a little, you get some cool stuff like the MCU and like Shang-Chi, which I thought was actually a really fun movie. Um, yeah, I yeah, really liked it, it. Probably in the top half of MCU movies for me. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting because it, in many ways, felt very fresh for Marvel. Like, it kind of bucked the uh, cookie-cutter trend that they often have their origin stories do. It kind of... But at times, there are some vibes of, like, Spider-Man a little. But, but what I thought was very really interesting is it really felt like an amalgamation of all these other things in pop culture. And, you know, just culture in general, because there's a lot of, like, uh, like Chinese, ref- obviously. There's a lot of, like, Chinese myth- mythological and Buddhist and, and all that stuff references in there, too, which is interesting. But, you know, like, they... I'm just... Without really spoiling anything, at times it felt kind of like a Marvel movie, but then at other times it felt like, obviously, a martial arts movie for clear reasons. At other times, it kind of had, like... There was a scene that felt straight out of Jurassic Park, almost. There were these... Uh, at one point, they show creatures that look straight up like Pokemon. At one point, there's, like, a breach-the-wall sort of White Walker, Game of Thrones type of moment. Like, it really felt like this kind of, like, really well-remixed look at what has been permeating in our culture, in our pop culture, for the last, like, decade or so. And it kind of cherry-picked different elements and shoved them in and put them in a blender, and it came out really, like, good like it was really fun it just and it was so different from Marvel because they leaned so heavily on um more fantasy and mythological things than typical i mean granted thor and norse gods and all that but this was such a different direction in that third act without saying too much is such a swerve from what we've ever seen in marvel that really made it feel very fresh even if oh the yeah elements were I very familiar yeah that's uh that final act i wasn't expecting to get yeah at that ever in a marvel movie right that genre of movie i i wasn't too satisfied with the, with the conclusion but it's cool that we got it yeah because no, like, I, I don't know I, how else you do that 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 final act we're, we're not gonna spoil anything but. yeah we're not gonna spoil anything but i i will say and to almost to your previous uh rant like there's no way in a million years that what they did in that final act would have happened if they didn't get the momentum and kind of just ignored some of the diehards you're like how dare you do this to my franchise to reach the point where they could get mainstream enough with these properties to be able to pull off something like that like even if you look at the trajectory of Marvel from like it was grounded and then slowly they introduced sci-fi and then slowly introduced like interdimensional stuff and then slowly they introduced this like it there was a lead time and they had to sort of like cater to a broader audience in order to bring in the like crazy stuff that they're now able to do. I mean, even the fact that like they showed the Hawkeye trailer a week or two ago for the TV show, and that's basically a Christmas show. It's like Die Hard, but with Hawkeye, like in vibe. Like, I don't think if they did that day one, it it looks great. Yeah. I don't think day one, if they launched that alongside like Captain America and Iron Man, that would have worked, but they've kind of gotten far enough along and the fans have mostly been okay with letting them experiment that they're able to, do these cool things and actually in a way bring the entire franchise like i would say shang uh shang chi in a way felt the most comic booky of any movie marvel's done and that's just because not comic book in the sense of like oh like spider-man swinging through his day but just like the most like out there just roll with it 
like it makes sense in its own universe but if you just show that someone with zero context it might be like what but like it works and that's the thing because they were able to sort of prime their audiences to get to that point and it even then had a swerve for design and it made it very unique feeling yeah yeah um talking about the movie itself yes yes uh i think the uh the father character mm-hmm. absolutely uh sold the show for me i think this is probably my favorite villain in the Marvel movie. Uh, it, before that, I, I don't even think I had a favorite a favorite villain. He definitely, maybe like the Grandmaster, uh, Jeff Goldblum, but he's barely a villain in that movie. Yeah, he's more just a sideshow. But um, yeah, it it definitely felt like he had the most um, direct reason to do what he did. Like the others, like oh, I'm bad, and this actually felt like there's like kind of purpose maybe to his uh, choices. michael b jordan's character in black panther yeah actually but... act, you know the parallels between black panther and shang chi i'm not just saying that because they're both ones that were able to elevate uh minority traditionally didn't get to have starring roles in movies to the extent yeah. they did but just the parallels in structure in terms of how it was kind of more family driven and how there was kind of this other realm and this like there's a lot of interesting parallels there and it's cool that they both saw such big success off that because, like, I think Shang-Chi is the biggest movie of the year and um, outperformed Black Widow in a pandemic, had the strongest uh, opening over Labor Day weekend in a pandemic, like, even in a pandemic. So, like, it's really cool that it worked. But, yes, I, I think, think Fast 9 might, might have it beat. Oh, you think so? Okay, maybe not. Maybe it was Marvel I, or for I'm Disney. Sure. It might be Disney's best in that case. But, um, yeah, no, it was – he – it felt more personal and it felt more grounded in a way. Even though everything around it was less grounded, his – the dad felt grounded, and I, I thought that really made a difference, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the now iconic uh, bus bus battle, bat, bus mm-hmm. fight, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. The battle the battle bus. We'll call it the battle bus. Not to be confused to, with uh, Fortnite, but yes. <laughs> no, let's absolutely confuse it. Uh, the battle bus <laughs> scene, I thought, was, that was a great set piece. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed that it happens right at the beginning because I don't think anything tops it. Maybe the... Uh, Oh, the scaffolding fight was the, uh, had super cool. The scaffolding fight. The cinematography yeah. of that with, like, the neon glowing before they jump off, like, onto the scaffolding where they're, like, flying with, like, the neon flashing and the colors changing behind them. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of, like, Edgar Wright stuff, like that sort of movie. Like, it really like, – right, right. Or mixed with, like, I don't know, James Bond, like, when um, Deakins was doing the cinematography for it before he went on to Blade Runner. Like, it was very – it was very cool looking. Yeah. Um I think the actors did a great job. I think Shang Chi's uh, Simi Liu. I'm, I'm not sure how uh, or Simu. I, I'm not sure man, to be honest. All I, I know is I he had an amazing time. story yeah. for how he got the role. He de- he kept basically oh, yeah, hassling Marvel until they said sure, and he was a stock photo guy before that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think he's great. Aquafina usually gets on my nerves. She didn't in this, so I'll I'll give her points for that. The Wait, that's her actress name? that plays. That's her stage name. That is her stage name. She started on YouTube, actually. She's one of the few people that have successfully pivoted from YouTube. Yeah. She's yeah, been she's a bunch a, of stuff she's a rapper. at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I saying? The, the, the sister, I think she's great. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the father, uh, he's amazing. Uh, uh, apparently, he's like a, a very famous, very famous uh, Chinese actor. Oh, really? Interesting. And he's been, yeah, he's been in some in some stuff here in America before this. Yeah, he looked vaguely uh, familiar. Oh, he was he was a, and I, I'm sorry if I if I got his nationality wrong, but he was in the crap. How okay, The Departed yes. by Martin Scorsese. 
is a remake of a of an Asian movie. Right, right. So he was and in the original. He he was in the original. Yeah, he was one of the main characters. Interesting. I'm not I'm not sure if he was Matt Damon or uh, Leo, but he was one, one of the main characters. You know, one thing that uh, I thought worked really well because you're naming yeah, off all these characters is it wasn't. It's called Shang Chi. It's about Shang Chi, but. It's just as much about the entire family, and that really, what really sealed that to me is at the and his friend who Aquafina plays. What really sealed that to me is at the end of the movie. This isn't a spoiler, but if you stay till the very end of the credits, whenever a Marvel movie ends, they always say like Thor will return, Iron Man will return, Black Panther will return. This one said the Ten Rings will return, meaning in the mind yeah. of Marvel, all these characters, including Aquafina, who's kind of starts off as a sidekick but kind of gets to uh, flex her muscle a little too. All of them are considered equal footing. It's not this. It's not Shang Chi as a person. It's this world they create and these characters and this family more than anything else. And I thought that was kind of interesting to see for the first time from Marvel. Speaking of breaking the cookie cutter, cutter a bit. So, so yeah, they all were very yeah. strong because I guess they're all in the creator's mind actually on equal footing, opposed to a lead and some secondaries. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great movie. Like I said, in my top half, maybe in my top ten, I really, really enjoyed this movie. It's just fun. <laughs> like, it, yeah. it's it's I very just fun. Yeah, it absolutely is. I haven't seen What If at all. Um, I've seen a couple. I don't and... think I will ever get to it, honestly. Yeah, so, you know, I, I watched a couple and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch them all and talk about it on, on Arnon. And then um, I completely lost interest <laughs> because, like, here's the thing. it it's It's a fun concept. And each episode, it's an anthology series. It's a fun concept. So one's like, oh, what if um, Peggy Carter becomes Captain America instead of, of Steve Rogers? And they kind of switch, and Steve Rogers is – or not Peggy. Peggy's the daughter. You know, Carter. And, and and Steve Rogers is kind of like the right-hand man. And what if – then there's another one. It's like, what if uh, Black Panther is actually Star-Lord? Like, what if they grab the wrong guy when they land on Earth? And and the, and it's interesting ideas, but they, they – it's so – fast moving they don't really like get to sit on the idea very much because it is basically a 25 to 30 minute animated show so like the the first one was the captain america one and that one was moving so fast that it's like they didn't get a time time to really develop anything uh the star lord one was pretty fun actually um and chadwick boseman did do the voice is his final marvel role he did before passing away so it's kind of cool to be able to see him do one last thing like that even if it was voice only but it was just so like like there's no consistency in the um, I almost said quality because like animations and voice acting wise they're about equal, but there's not really consistency in the storytelling. So some of them are strong, some of them are weak. All of them are just kind of like eh in terms of like when you walk away from it after watching. Like, did you really? Does it feel satisfying? Is it like oh wow that I you know Black Panther as Star Wars? That's crazy what he could do. Like that one is actually interesting where um, because it's Black Panther and he's such like a kind of warm soul if you will like he actually brings together the galaxy in a way that you know obviously Pierre Quill doesn't and like people like even Thanos is like on good terms with them with like the ragtag group like he's part of them like it's all like this sort of like kumbaya so that's kind of cool but like there's not really a takeaway you're just kind of like oh I guess if it was Star if he was Star Lord it'd be kind of friendly alright and the whole thing just feels kind of like just I don't know it doesn't have the same weight to it and that's obviously because it's a what if and not part of the main MCU yeah. but it, it's just missing a little it's missing that little extra piece it's either missing the, missing the emotional hit or it's missing the reason why you should care and it seems to alternate between those two at least from what I've seen I've heard the second half is a little stronger but among the first half it was kind of like every episode was missing a piece of the puzzle 
they never quite put it together just right. So at least that's kind of my, my two cents. Um, but I do think it's interesting. Technically, it is considered part of the MCU. Uh, the best way I've been describing it when talking about it with like coworkers and stuff is it's basically the footnotes. So like right now there are these little things, but in the MCU in the future, maybe they'll be like, oh yeah, like that one time that like Black Panther was Star Lord and they're like, oh, I saw that. Like it's not going to be like a real thing that matters. It's just kind of these little, as we move further into the multiverse, it's kind of these little like side note, footnote, you know, things they can cite in passing, kind of like what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was. I imagine that's going to be what ends up being for the broader Marvel Universe. So if there's one thing to skip, this is probably it. But but if you really yeah. love everything about it, you know, there is something to get out of it because it is kind of, you know. Like, More power to you. Yeah, exactly. And there, you can have fun with it. But it's just it just felt like it was like, I don't want to say half-baked, but like three-quarters baked. Maybe. Superfluous maybe? Maybe. Yeah, maybe superfluous. Yeah. And, and it's funny because like I'm so gung-ho about um, – you know the the Marvel shows so far, even Falcon Winter Soldier. Well, not great. I was like, it, it was. I was into it, but this one maybe because it doesn't have the tie in. I was just kind of like, yeah, I can skip it. Which is weird. I've seen every MCU thing that's come out, every single one. Oh no, that's not true. I didn't see yeah. Agents of Shield, but I've seen every everything that's mainline MCU. So it's weird for me to like see a new Marvel thing, know it's MCU, and be like, eh. But that's where I'm at. It is what it is. Uh, yeah. Next MCU property, Hawkeye. Christmas. Yeah, that looks Looking fun. forward to it. Based I, on the Matt Fraction run, which is one of the best comic book runs that I I've ever read in my uh, life. So I it was awesome. A, it was a curveball to me. I thought Haley uh, Steinfeld was going to play his daughter, older, but it's actually not. It's someone else entirely. And then the whole thing I thought was going to be kind of just like passing of the yeah, torch, father to daughter. Oh, the was yeah, better, it's like way. Yeah, it's it's it looks way more fun and lighthearted than I expected. Because Hawkeye's such like a yep. play it by the book, like straight at, like such a like boring character, frankly, that um yeah, I was expecting it to just be like this father son or father daughter like passing a torch, and it's way wackier. It looks it looks really fun. Yeah, like I said, based on the Matt Fraction run mm-hmm. that he did back in 2012, which is like I said, one of the best comic book runs that I've ever read in my entire life. And it's also one of the most critically acclaimed uh, runs for any comic book in recent history. So really glad that they went that angle and not some other weird angle that they probably yeah would have gone if not for, like you said, taking all the risks that they could. It's also relatively fresh uh, for them to adapt something from 2012. Like, I feel like, again, because they reached this point with taking the risk, but like, they used to have to, you know, if you think, especially if you look at like what DC does, a lot of it's like, oh, we have to take the established stuff and work with that, not this kind of like newer. I mean, granted, 2012 is now nine years ago. We're old. But still, like, I'm used to hearing, oh, we adapted this 90s thing, this 80s thing, this 60s thing, this 70s thing, not something from the, within a decade of now. Like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think with that, <laughs> we are uh, done with the episode. Anybody else got anything else? Um. I don't think so. Um, pastrami pizza Angel? is really, really good. As are pastrami oh tacos. All right. Yeah. We got our episode title. Pastrami Let pizza. us know what you thought about the episode <laughs> by uh, dropping a comment on the blog post. You're already listening to us on some streaming service. So if you can't leave us a review, drop a review. You can follow us on Twitter. We are collectively at Random Nintendo. Individually, Jason is at JSR7. Angel is at Wayro. W-E-I-R-O underscore O and I'm Kevin Gomi. Next week we will have a new episode of the Random Nintendo Podcast where I assume Jason will give us some uh, Switch Olad model uh, impressions. 
Olad. Uh, yes, the plan is is to hopefully, assuming the pre-order comes through, uh, which it should. I don't know why I'm guessing it won't, but yes, we'll have I'll have some Switch OLED impressions or Olad or Olad, whatever you want to call it. And uh, I think Monkey Ball as well, because that comes out Tuesday. So I'm excited for that. Cool, cool, cool. There we go. Two weeks from now, a brand new episode of the Ren Nintendo podcast, assuming uh, – what uh, what's the thing that we always say? Uh, assuming our time is not limited by then. Uh, yes. And with that, Jason, take us out. Don't gatekeep. Embrace change and embrace your favorite things, trying new things, and have a wonderful day.